ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these go to 11. Once again, co-host Greg Dutcher. Greg, say hello. Hello. Really excited about this one, brother. And we also have Matt Smith joining us again. What's up? And we have both their lovely wives, Lisa Dutcher and Tracy Smith. Ladies, say hello. 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 Um, wait, so t- wait. Who, who was who? Because people listening don't know who the first hello was ah, and who the second hello was. Good point. Just two feminine voices. That's true. Okay, so Tracy, say hello. Hello. Lisa, say hello. Hello. All right. We good? <laughs> We're good. We're good. That now our audience that can distinguish the voices. That was very helpful. <laughs> um, so today what we wanted to do is we wanted to have a chat with the pastor's wives. We wanted to just get their um, view and thoughts on uh, a wide variety of topics um, ranging from anything and everything to whatever. Um, we're that specific on this podcast, aren't we, Greg? Yes. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm eager to hear just how awesome they think Matt and me are. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, you realize in about five minutes, I'm going to ask you guys to leave the room so yeah. they can be totally <laughs> honest, right? Actually, Tracy told me I could lose my job. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to put a caveat out front that uh, both of our elder teams and trustee boards not listen into this podcast, yes. or anybody from our respective churches, or anybody that just generally knows us. <laughs> Uh, so we're, um, you know, we're just going to get started, dive right in. Um, we'll start, um, Tracy, just give us a little bit of your backstory growing up and what kind of, you know, family you grew up in and all that. And, you know, obviously eventually somewhere in there, how you met Matt and, um, how he swept you off your feet or did you sweep him off his feet? Interesting. Okay. Um, growing up, I had a really cool family. I still have a cool family. Um, mom and dad, uh, Three other sisters, so an all-girl family. Um, Lots of sports in our family, lots of uh, vacations and adventures and cops and robbers and a lot of tomboy stuff growing up. Um, Can I share how I I became a Christian? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Probably didn't really hear a lot about the Lord until I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So all the way up to that time, I went to Catholic Church once in a while, but never really heard any clear teaching about the gospel. So I would say I was raised with good morals, good principles, but not biblical teaching. So, Mm. but a great mom and dad. I want to honor my parents for that. So when I got to um, high school, my senior year, I met this tall, lanky, geeky guy in one of my classes that um, started, you know, sharing about the Lord and different biblical truths in the class. Um, That geeky guy is is Greg Dutcher, by the way. (laughs) And uh, tall, lanky, wouldn't you also say thin? He's very thin. Yes, yes very, yeah. very, very thin. <laughs> You've grown. <laughs> I, I have grown spiritually and otherwise. He's grown into his body. <laughs> so he has a second body. <laughs> Poor Greg. Anyway, Greg, skinny or not, geeky or not, was very uh, faithful to share gospel truth with me, things that I had never heard before. <clears throat> it was like I was hearing something for the very first time. It was exciting. So... Um, Somewhere uh, in my senior year, he introduced me actually to Matt. I believe Matt, it was during the time where Matt was um, organizing a haunted house at a church to raise, <laughs> to raise money for missions, was which was weird. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says missions like a haunted house. <laughs> you know it. That's true. We, I just have to say, Matt, do you remember the, the thing? This was, to give a little context to our listeners, Nathan, uh, we had... Uh, come to Christ. Uh, we won't share all those details here. And we're in a pretty mainline 
liberal Methodist church. We did talk about that one time. Yeah. And uh, so while we were genuine Christians, we also never really thought through some of the implications <laughs> of scaring children. But Matt, did we ever do anything violent in our haunted houses? Decapitations? Spurting blood? It was all a way to make much of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, I thought this was bizarre activity for, <laughs> and like Greg, Matt was another lanky, skinny, geeky kind of person, which kind, which made me feel that all Christians had to be like skinny and geeky. <laughs> I wasn't or I don't think I was really geeky, but I definitely wasn't skinny. But anyway, so that was kind of, I, honestly, that was a hindrance to me, like thinking like, can I become a Christian and do I have to be like these yeah. people? That's all I knew. Be that much of a nerd? Yes. Yes. I, I don't know if I could take the plunge. <laughs> so over so that's where I met Matt um and so then Matt be also began sharing truth with me and um you know there was just a year of like dialoguing and me asking all the you know trying to trick them and with questions and trying to stump them and you know they they just both handled all the questions really well I think they enjoyed the banter and I think it actually forced them to really make sure they knew what they believed in to try to answer my questions so and sure I would say um a year after meeting them, I um, gave my life to Christ. I was in my room by myself reading up, listening to a Petra CD and listening to, <laughs> actually it was a tape. It wasn't a CD. It was a tape. And reading a little book that Petra wrote on, you know, first steps in Christ or something mm -hmm. like that. So that's a little bit of my backstory. Oh, that's great. And so when did you and Matt actually start dating and moving toward marriage and all that crazy stuff yeah and tracy you've done very well how you didn't mention how you and i dated <laughs> yeah, I was, gonna add. Was, was i was i not supposed to share that lisa did i ever tell you that yeah i've heard that before okay okay good first greg swept me off my feet in his stylish and um, then he dropped you yes yes in his stylish um i think it was like I don't know what wreck you were um, umpiring for, but you always wore Parkville. that same like sweaty T-shirt all the time. Yes, Parkville <laughs> yeah. wreck umpire. Parkville wreck ump. You did yes. it too, didn't you, man? I did. Clearly, how could you resist that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think when. Uh, what I do remember is it took Matt and I a while to like each other because initially we didn't really like each other. I wanted. I'm a people person, so I really wanted to try to get to know him, and he. I think. Well, you've told me I that kind of annoyed you because mm -hmm. you didn't want to like. Share private things. I didn't want to be known. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, as Matt would is the foundation of a strong, healthy relationship. Yes, it is. So um, it, it, it I, I don't know how many years that was. I was 18, you, you were 19. That's all I remember. Okay. Uh, this is what I do remember. On our first date, it was a slow easing into it. On our first I don't even think it was a date. We now were back up. Didn't yeah. Matt also date your sister? Yeah. Yes, he did. He <laughs> that was a date. Yes. And because it was so cheap, it ended right. Tracy, and, and uh, not to lose your mojo here, but didn't, didn't Matt get your sister, Jen, like a really cute little tiny trinket to commemorate their first date? He got her a gigantic pumpkin. It was the biggest <laughs> pumpkin. He couldn't even, it was bigger than his body. It was <laughs> so all the men out there, if you think bigger is better, <laughs> that is such an odd detail that I never knew. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you excited, Jen? You made it on the podcast. Yes. So uh, this is what I do remember. It wasn't really a date, but we were sitting in my room and we were sitting across from each other and we were kind of talking about where do we go from here because we both knew we had feelings. And he looked right at me and he said, 
you will be my wife. <laughs> we hadn't even gone on a date. He didn't even buy me a soda yet. <laughs> <laughs> we went nowhere. We did nothing. He expressed no feelings for me. A prophet gets no respect in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to add, our first kiss was on my front steps. And this is like going back, but um, Three's Company, the show we met Jack Tripper, used yeah. to say uh-huh. all kinds of perverse things. Yeah. So... Matt looked at me and said, there's a vacancy, and he tapped on his lips, would you like to check in? (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know that, Craig? I I forgot that. (laughs) That was awkward, very awkward. But somehow we ended up married. It's amazing. I got the moves back, Jagger. That's my story. Lisa beat that. It was awful. Wow. We'd like that to apologize for awful. all those who are listening. Yeah. And don't don't do that, gentlemen. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say. Oh that is the worst first kiss story I've ever heard. Yeah, it really wasn't romantic like I envisioned. We stood on the front step for like thirty minutes and I'm thinking, is he gonna kiss me? Or like he's it's obvious something is gonna happen. And I guess because of the awkwardness, he felt like he had to say something, and that's the best he could come up with. Wow. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like wh- I don't even know where to go from here. Uh, I don't know where to go from here. Isn't that scary, Nathan? <laughs> but you clearly kissed him. I did. I did. Wow. <laughs> and then the magic. <laughs> and the rest is history. I'm trying to give the ladies full uh, full uh, space here, but there's so much I want to say about that. We'll, we'll devote another podcast <laughs> That's right. to cheesy pickup lines. Um, I think that um, Nathan's speechless. I, I, I'm telling you, I have no idea. I, I, think that, I think that's the end of the podcast right there. I mean, wow. <laughs> no. Wow. Uh, so, Lisa. <laughs> oh, please. Beat, beat can, that, It babe. can only go up Seriously, from here, Lisa. I cannot that. even come close to that. That seems like a really unfair advantage. Um, okay. My but, yeah, just tell us about, like, growing up and... I don't think my story could be any more opposite of Tracy's, <laughs> yeah. actually. I um, You didn't date Matt. Yeah, right, I didn't true. date... <laughs> Boy, that would have been a really interesting little twist. Yes, yes. Um, no, I didn't date Matt, but I grew up, grew up in a Christian home. Um, I cannot remember ever not knowing the Lord. Actually, I think maybe when I was four or five, I prayed a prayer. Man, I'm nervous. This is awful. (laughs) You can edit that out, right, Nathan? Yeah. Okay. Why? You're doing great. (laughs) I feel so nervous. No, we're leaving it in, babe. I should mention, too, that Greg kind of like roped Tracy and I into this. Thank you. He (laughs) asked if we wanted to be on a pastor's wives con. What's this called again? Podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A compast. Uh, a podcast. And I would like to say, Nathan, that Lisa spent the morning, just full disclosure, from 6.30 on yelling at me about being on this podcast. Uh, I recently uh. talked to, uh, well, I'm just going to say it, Mark Sweeney and his wife, Melissa, <clears throat> in our church, told me recently they've never really had an argument, which is weird. Uh, I mean, I love you, Mark. That's great. But uh, I would like to testify that we we have had arguments, and one of those less than an hour ago. <laughs> one of those was, we'll probably have one on the way home. But on the way home today. You're rocking it, babe. Keep going. Okay, okay. We just it just wasn't fair to take, put me after Tracy because she's so awesome. But anyway, I um, but I don't remember really not knowing the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, in high school, I kind of went through a phase. I was I was a good kid. I didn't get in a lot of trouble. I got good grades. I tried to stay stay low, but I don't really feel like my faith was that strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I spent most of my high school years trying to look as much as a non-Christian as I could mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and still be a Christian. And I um, didn't have any 
Matt's or Greg in my life to come along and woo me with all of their skinny <laughs> awkwardness. <laughs> now, hold on, man. I, I, I did not interrupt Tracy much, but I will you on this because yeah. um, you have said on occasion that if you had known me in my 17th year... Would when, have run the other yeah, way. When I had 36, mm. 36 T-shirts... Christian like, t-shirts. Christian t-shirts. Lord's Gym. Of course, you remember that. Uh, remember, Matt, the one I had, He-Man. It was based on He-Man, Master of the Universe. Oh, yeah. And it was Jesus, Master of the Universe. Uh, Lise, what would you have done if you met me in that? I knew that guy in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not like him. <laughs> That's bad. Notice yeah. the past tense. Knew. knew. Yeah, I knew yeah. him. Yeah. Everybody knew that guy. And then I... um. My senior year of high school, I made a decision to go to a Christian school because I think somewhere in the back of my mind, I knew that I needed to surround myself with, with Christians. Yeah. And I don't, I don't regret that decision at all. I went to um, Liberty University, and it was um, the summer after my junior year. I was home on break, and that's when I met Greg. Okay. And that's actually when I met these guys, too. I met Matt and Tracy the same summer, yeah, it was I think. Summer. Yeah, it was the old and, volleyball um, at Hamilton Press. We had a um, girlfriend who, I had a girlfriend who invited me to play volleyball with this group. And I since learned after that that she actually liked Greg. <laughs> you can edit that part out too. I don't know if she would listen. I don't think she would listen. She's not listening. <laughs> and of, of course she liked me. You never knew that, <laughs> did you, Tracy? No. Apparently Greg was quite the hot number as you're all he was. gathering. <laughs> and um, we became friends that summer. At the end of the summer, he... He asked me out about a week before I went back to school. We went out, I don't know, every day that week, I think. And then we had a long-distance relationship for three months. And then at the end of three months, we got engaged. And we were married that year. Crazy. Would never let my daughter do that. But. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So um, did you, at that point, um, and it can be uh, Tracy or Lisa at this <coughs> point, did you kn know um, that you were going to be marrying pastors? I did. Greg was in seminary, so I was fully aware. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Um, I knew that Matt wanted to go into full-time ministry in some aspects. So mm -hmm. he went everything from like a Christian rock musician to, <laughs> <laughs> to landing in a pastor's, pastor's position. So I wasn't surprised, yeah. but I didn't know for sure. Yeah. So looking, looking back then, um, Lisa, particularly for you, since you kind of knew what you were getting into, what are some of the expectations that you had then, um, versus the reality of now? Okay. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't think I went into it with a lot of expectations mm -hmm. because I was at a Christian school. I had quite a few friends that were going into ministry or girlfriends who were, who were dating guys that were going into ministry. And it was, it was probably, um, not very novel to me. And I didn't really go into it with a lot of preconceived expectations, honestly. Yeah. Tracy? Expectations as far as like what it would be like to be a pastor's wife? Yeah. Any of those things come up? Um, um, I think when I first thought of being a pastor's wife, I had more of like a visual of someone like with a really long skirt and <laughs> kind of like the footloose pastor's mm -hmm. wife, you know, and I was like, mm, really fit that. Um, but I think as we, Matt came to our, our church and started serving there as a youth pastor, the other pastor's wives there that I saw were very like normal people. So I didn't, I didn't 
anything that was in my mind kind of just slipped away because they, mm. they didn't fit kind of the mold that I'd seen on television and movies of pastor's wives. Yeah. Well, when you became um, that pastor's wife, and again, either one of you, at that time, um, what were some expectations that you placed on yourself? Mm. Um, so not necessarily looking looking into it, but now you're in it. And, and what were some of those things that you placed on yourself? Um, I mean, you know, it could have been good or bad things, but just things that you placed on yourself. Well, I think for me, starting out in Greg's first church, um, there was a lot of expectations to serve in the church and to have your own um, ministry roles. And that was um, great to kind of get your feet wet. The um, senior pastor at that church became a mentor for me. She was a role model and she was a very quiet background. Wait a minute, Lise. Senior pastor's wife. Yeah. You said senior pastor. I just want to make sure nobody thought we had a woman senior pastor. Oh, I'm just... No, no, that's good because that's, that's Dave Shive, who's not a woman, and it's his wife, Kathy, pastor who Kathy. was, yeah, Pastor Kathy, who, Matt and I, we had, pastor, we, we had some experience, we talked about that before. Did no, I always say that? But I was going to say, Lisa, she helped you tremendously because, she she, did. What, how did she always describe herself? Oh, I'm not the typical pastor's wife. Yeah, you're being nicer. Didn't she say she's the world's worst pastor's wife? She said wife? she was the world's worst Which pastor's she wasn't. wife, but she wasn't. It. She was the best because she just really laid back and supported Dave quietly. And she didn't get wrapped up in the stuff that happens in church life. So I kind of, I tried my best to model after Mm -hmm. her. Tracy? Yeah, I would say similarly, um, the expectations first I had on myself was that I needed to be like the tightest to women's minute, women's, ministry leader and get up I really early get up really <laughs> early all godly, women, all godly women wake up really, really early <laughs> but we, we're writing a book about that right Lisa, we're about on it guilt-free yep. sleeping <laughs> so <laughs> that's just what i thought i had to do i thought oh gosh now because matt's a pastor now i need to like be in charge of something and um one of the pastor's wives there at the t- at the time, who still is a, a pastor's wife at our church, Margaret Sharp, she was similar. Uh, I don't know that she's ever said I'm the worst pastor's wife, but <laughs> she she was very much just, you know, you just have to support Matt, you know, care for your children and serve him in ways that you can and, and just totally dismissed any pressure. Mm-hmm. So I, f- I feel very fortunate to have had that and very still cool. have it. Mm-hmm. What, now, what would you, um, if you could go back... Um, however many years, we won't get specific on years, um, however many years, what is one piece of advice that your older, wiser self would give to your younger self starting out in that role and position? That's your question, Tracy. That's your kind of question. Wow. Can, can you ask that again? Ethan? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you were able to, you know, get into a time machine, we're going to go all sci-fi here, um, and travel back to your younger self, and you were able to, you know, give yourself one piece of advice when you were younger, mm-hmm. that looking back on it, this, this was the best piece of advice that I have learned over these years. What would that be? Wow. That's a tough one. I know. Okay. I would tell my younger self, don't take it personally mm-hmm. and rely on God. So like, don't take it personally. Be a little more specific. Well, like pastors get a lot of criticism mm-hmm. um, and it's usually not widespread. It's usually little pockets of people that will come along at different points. And usually, usually when 
when I feel like he's really doing what God wants him to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like anything in life that takes courage and that comes with criticism. Now, sometimes it could just be valid criticism where you made a mistake. But I think my younger self, I took those things very personally to heart and I had a lot of tears and I was kind of holed up and mm-hmm. it was very heavy. And I would tell my younger self, relax, <laughs> like that's t-shirt, keep calm. And eat Chipotle. <laughs> and eat Chipotle. Words of wisdom. Well, okay. That was helpful. It gave me some tips. Um, I would I would tell my younger self to just chill out and relax. Don't don't give in to um, the pressures of feeling like you have to be what you think other people want you to be, mm-hmm. and to to just really enjoy enjoy these opportunities that you have now, and just to not take everything quite so seriously. Yeah. Very cool. What, um, what would you say is the, um, was the greatest surprise about being, um, a a pastor's wife? And let's start with, uh, the bad first. So like, you know, the, the shocker to you that was like, Oh, I really, I wasn't expecting this. I don't want this, um, kind of a negative experience that you've had it being a pastor's wife. Nathan, you mean, you mean besides having to hear us preach? Every, every single <laughs> That's right. No, that's the highlight of her yeah. life. Tracy, Tracy Tracy likes highlight. that. Yeah. That's good. That's funny because she texted me <laughs> just now. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't want to say that. Okay. Wow. I would say for me, um, just the hours that Matt works, not just the physical hours, but the mental hours. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I was prepared for that. I know he was a hard worker. I mean, I'd seen him work in other situations, but the fact that, that being a pastor, it's not like there's ever a time where he's totally off. You know, mm-hmm. if someone is in the hospital, yeah. they can't organize that around, oh, it's Matt's day off. I don't think I'll, you know, have my surgery today. Right. So there's just things that happen with people. But they should. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, should they should base their, their family's deaths around our schedule. But don't those die are... On Monday. <laughs> That's that's really hard because it's like there's never really you never totally feel like you're off. Right. You're never not a pastor. Yes. It's just it's it's who he is. And so I wasn't totally expecting it to to be quite like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think that was probably the biggest surprise for me as well. And probably like um, I would say too, holidays, weekends, those things that because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't grow up in a ministry home. So those were free times. If you wanted to take off and, and go have a picnic or whatever on a Sunday, you just did it. It didn't have mm-hmm. to be planned. It could be spontaneous. Um, and even around the, you know, Christmas and Easter, the nature right. of that was going to change. I know one, um, one Easter at our former church, there was a situation that in addition to all the pressure that comes with Easter, there was a crisis in the church, a semi-crisis. Yeah. And it took up the entire weekend, probably, I don't know, I think Greg probably put in 24 counseling hours, you know, that weekend. And we had all these plans. And I remember feeling very hurt and abandoned by that. Happy Easter. (laughs) Happy Easter. (laughs) I think older Greg would not do that either. I think that was a younger Greg mistake. Yeah. And remember, we were just talking about that. There was a couple who sadly today is divorced. and I don't want to mean to suggest the divorce 
Must uh, be because of your bad counseling. <laughs> That's exactly why it happened. That's a little taste, Nathan, of home life right there. That was good. That was good. Also, just I'm going to interject. That was 24 hours well spent. Yes. One of the things that I love about Lisa is her quick wit. Like I, I've shared this in some other contexts, but I just want to share it now while she's here. Is, um, you know, I, I grew up in a house where I, I guess having only one brother and my mom, I didn't know much about girl stuff, of course. So one where time, is this going? Yeah. <laughs> one time, yeah. Well, on, on our honeymoon. No, that's not it. Get there we quick. Were, um, this was a few years ago, even. Uh, we were going to a formal event and you were dressed up, look very nice, of course. And she's trying to find her last little bit of makeup before we run out the door. And I can tell you're frustrated because you've gotten all the kids settled and everything. And she's so quick with it. And I just said, oh, Lisa, are you, are you, are you looking for your rouge? And she goes, uh, no, I'm not because it's not 1957. <laughs> I swear that red stuff, right, Matt? Rouge? It's called rouge. That's what rouge. my mother always called it. Yeah, your mother. How old is your mother? <laughs> no. She's older than Lisa. <laughs> And am I right, Lisa? Exactly. It's, it's called blush. It's called blush. Yes. And my mother didn't even call it rouge. My Come grandmother, on. maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think That's my, it. yeah. But yeah. you, like when I said it, you knew what it was. Yeah, I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you, you do be that. He's an old soul. Uh, no, and, but I would say, Nathan, to that point, I, I don't mind chiming in here. That was an epic fail on my part mm -hmm. uh, <clears> because <throat> I allowed a, a couple that was in genuine need, but they, they were not in... Um, hanging by the, uh, you know, just nails of their uh, hands off a cliff uh, moment, they were having a bad marriage season. Right. And I wish now I could go back because we had Samantha at that time, right? Mm -hmm. She was just a little girl, just a baby. I w we had a bunch of plans. I wish I could have given a an hour, maybe two hours by phone uh, and talked, shared some general counsel, and then said, I'll call this guy John. Mm -hmm. You know, John, uh, let's meet next week. Yeah. Because now I would say, I've uh, got some commitments I made to my family. Right. Uh, this is what I would advise you to do just to get through the weekend. Back then, I remember, we always say, at least I felt that I had to save every single marriage, mm -hmm. yeah. which is the Holy Spirit's role. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, even though I knew that intellectually, I was not pastoring out of that. I was pastoring out of a sense. And part of it, to be honest, is I expected Lisa back then, to my discredit, well, honey, you, this is what you signed up for, babe. Yeah, yeah. You, you you sign up to to <laughs> to marry a pastor, and this is what a pastor does. And now I would say, no, that's not what a pastor should do. Right. And I didn't mm. serve Lisa that way. Yeah, I think we need to uh, we need to do another podcast just with pastors and what you should and shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lisa, I, a good topic. I've got a lot of things that matter. <laughs> yeah, so. Lisa and I would like to come back for that. That's one. right. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be writing cue cards and, know, right? on, on the side. The they're they're going to be ready for the next one. Um, so let let me um, then ask you this. So these have been um, kind of the, the the worst surprises. What have what was one of the best surprises um, that you found being a pastor's wife? Something that you, again you just weren't expecting, and this was like, wow, this is this is really cool. We're at a loss now. <laughs> I've got nothing. It's all bad news. <laughs> the best surprise for me was that um, our church, I, I've never felt a pressure from my church to be a certain way. I think even in the earlier years when when I I had these expectations in, the, in, in my mind about what I was supposed to do, I don't think anybody put those on me. I think I just assumed them on myself. So I think one of the best surprises has just been how supportive our church family has been and how 
I'm, I feel very comfortable to be myself. I don't feel like I have to be a certain way to be viewed as the pastor's, you know, the pastor's wife. I think, I think I'm very accepted at our church and I feel appreciated and loved and supported. And I, and that's always been my experience. And I, that, that's been a, a great joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would just echo the same thing. I feel like I have met the most amazing, interesting, wonderful people. I feel very loved and prayed for and supported. And I just think it's it's been awesome. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't trade it. Very cool. Um, let's kind of move into the family life a little bit. Um, both of you have children, four children, right? Yep. yep. Um, and so what's it been like <clears throat> raising children in a pastor's home? Because <laughs> Easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Piece of cake, right? Um, you know, just, just um, you know, let's, let's talk about um, the pros and cons of that as well. So um, what, we'll start again with uh, the cons. What, what have you found <laughs> to, to have been um, one of the hardest things about raising children um, with your husbands being pastors? Well, you're in a fishbowl. Like they, what they say is true. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I found that um, I think the first couple of years we were parents, we disciplined too harshly, mm-hmm. maybe because, and I, I don't know if that was always out of the best, mm-hmm. what was best for our children. I think it was because, no, you have to be a certain way. And then, yeah. you know, four kids later, half of them just aren't that <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> How about those, those odds, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's name those children (laughs) and publicly shame them. So I think that um, you kind of live and learn. At the end of the day, your kids are just sinners, and they're going to do what they're going to be kids. And um, I think most people in the church know that. I think some of it is self-imposed fishbowl. I don't really know that they have to be what we think they have to be. That's a good point. Um, That would be the con for me. I just think, you know. Sure just let your kids be kids. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. You're definitely in a fishbowl. And I think even when your kids are little, they don't necessarily know that, but you feel that for them. So, so I can think back to when, um, our son, Stephen was young. We had this rule, like you can't run in the sanctuary after church because people are praying. And now, um, our two youngest ones are like tearing (laughs) up the hallway, probably breaking, bumping into people, praying, knocking over people. So I think I think there were certain things we did because similar to what Lisa said that you just feel like you're trying to set an example and you you know you know people are looking at you so you you know you want to be you want to set forth a good example um but I think as they get older like I especially think of my my oldest son I know I know there can be like the pressure like he has to know the answers in Sunday mm-hmm. school if no one else raises their hand they like look at him like well you know because your dad's the pastor and mm-hmm. sometimes he doesn't know right. you know and so sometimes dad doesn't know <laughs> exactly <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so I feel that for them and there's there can be a hesitancy for some people to befriend your older kids because they can be afraid that what they share with your kid will then get back to the pastor and mm-hmm. pastor Matt knows it then my parents could know so so I think that it's that that developing friendships as they get older can be a little tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what has been um, the, the positive of raising children um, in a pastors? I think it's similar to the benefits that I've reaped. They've they've reaped all of those benefits mm-hmm. as well. They're prayed for. Um, you know, they've been just showered with love and affection. You know, Samantha will come home and say, I was at this place or that place and everybody was like, well, hi, Samantha, how are you? And she's like, I don't know them, but because, but she likes that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a nice comforting 
feeling. And I think the other kids feel the same way. Yeah, um, we have a, a little bit of a unique situation in that all four of our kids were adopted. So our oldest two were adopted from Russia and our two youngest were adopted through foster care. So we really saw our church family come from the very beginning stages of praying for these children, of you know them arriving, mm-hmm. you know whether it's coming through international flights, you know, 50 people waiting for us at the airport with food and signs to people walking through the whole uh, foster care process with us and adoption. We've just always felt that that um, support and care and that other people are looking out for our kids. They they pull them aside and say things that are, you know, they try to build them up and encourage them with who they are as as little people and, and their place, their, their place in the big picture. So, I mean, that's just been beautiful. Yeah. I, I love that about being in the church. And they're just hearing the gospel all the time in all different settings. Yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give that up for anything. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Um, now, let me ask you, looking at um, your husbands who are here in the room, um, what is something, <laughs> one piece of advice <laughs> that you would um, say to them in terms of um, how they raise the family? And again, this is can just be across the board. Um, you know, uh, we probably shouldn't be doing this or shouldn't have done this. This is what we need to focus on. Um, again, a negative, and then we'll move into the into the positive section. So just something, you know, looking at your husbands, um, because again, the husbands are kind of out of the house a little bit more. And so, um, I've noticed that when, when, um, fathers are away, they tend to come back. And so the household gets disrupted a little bit because you guys have been running things a certain way. (laughs) Never. So what, what are some of those things that you've had to come alongside of them and, and kind of encourage them and say, you know, actually this isn't how we should be doing things. Can I just ask Matt, why do you look white as a sheet right now? Oh, Matt's scared. Matt yeah, is I, nervous. I, I, I noticed that you were asking he that question. Uh, Matt was him. shifting. He was sort of doing the clearing his throat thing. And, mm, um, um, I think we're just about ready to wrap up. Praise God. I think we're all ready to hear what Tracy has Matt to say. Okay, so I would look at my husband's little blue eyes, and I would tell him that it's really okay to turn your iPhone off, to close your iPad, to close your MacBook, and to really just be 100% with me or with the kids and to not worry about the things that he's going to miss, that it will be there for him tomorrow or later in the evening. So That's so why I don't want to turn it off because it's still <laughs> waiting for me. <laughs> Tracy, right. you, you do, though, have to give Matt props that he has all the right electronics. He does. Yeah. Okay. He's, People he's, notice there is no Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> right. He does have the right electronics. And I do want to add that I'm not always gracious. I'm very often not gracious in how I, how, how I will express that. I wouldn't say that I come alongside with this great encouragement. Um, I'd like to grow in that. But most of the time, it's more out of a frustration that, you know, I just want you here mentally. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like a mental here because he can be here you know, be around the house, but it's more just being present. That's what I would tell him. That's what I do tell him. I was gonna say, yeah. That's what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Lisa? Yeah, I think the same thing. I think it's the, it's kind of shutting work off, which is hard for a lot of men. I don't think that this is a right. issue that's really peculiar to just pastors because a lot of men, they just work hard. Women too, you know, they work hard. They've, and it's hard just to turn off and now I'm going to do family. So I, I think it's the same thing. Greg went through a season where he was out too many nights during the week, and I found that me and the kids were falling into this pattern where I could get the kids to bed easier when Daddy wasn't home. (laughs) Of course. And that 
hit me as a bad thing yeah. because those are special times when you when you get the kids to bed and mm-hmm. and that's when a lot of the questions and conversations happen. So we did some restructuring there. And I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't want it because I was like, well, it's just easier to go to bed quicker. They're too excited when you're home. And, sure. but, but it's better for them. Yeah. And so um, what, what are some of the things that you've noticed have been positives um, that they've been able to do maybe that some people have, have more difficulty with? Something that, um, that pastors are able to do? Something that, you know, specifically Greg, um, that you noticed has done really well being a oh. pastor. Yeah, absolutely. Can we go back to the other one? <laughs> Why is Gray getting pale? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you mean as a dad yeah, in yeah, particular, just, yeah. or dad as a husband. Um, I think that, well, I, all joking aside, I mean, mm-hmm. I think Greg's a fantastic dad. Um, and I think being a pastor, he's a good communicator, and he's mm-hmm. a good communicator of, of the Bible, which is really awesome because... Um, when he tells the stories to the kids, I just think it's like a great advantage because mm-hmm. he's animated and he's funny. Now he doesn't always know how to communicate on a child's level. <laughs> for example, yeah, you, you've told me I'm the worst <laughs> theologian for children um, that you've ever seen. He was um, reading. It was the end of Philippians to Isaac about yeah, anxiety and fear. Yeah, he. Um, that was the preview. Nathan. We're yeah. kind of in Philippians with the kids because some of them have anxiety, the younger two have some anxieties about the lights being off. So we're trying to... Isn't that also because of their father? Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) So I hear them, I'm in the, I'm upstairs, but I'm in a different room and I hear them talking about um, anxiety and you were, you were reading straight from the Bible and you were so adult-like in the way you were handling it. And Isaac asked you something and then all I hear is Ella go... Oh, but does God eat cookies? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Greg, it's just like, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And and, and he kind of goes back. And then the fruit answer, of your discipleship, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, could God burn the cookies? <laughs> it's just the whole cookie thing. But yeah, I didn't handle the cookie question well. Yeah. Very well. And I, just to say, Nathan, you on the podcast we had with Andrew Landis, yeah. we were talking about the Avengers. Yeah. Um, to come back to that, that was because, Lisa, right. I didn't know, we uh, did what was right and biblical. I took my kids out of school early <laughs> so we could watch Avengers on the opening day. Not That's Ella. Right. She's, she's too little. And Isaac, in all honesty, might be too little, but we just took him uh, <laughs> because he just loves That led to the anxiety right, problems right. and why we're in Philippians now. Yeah, now we're in Philippians. <laughs> not, not because of the Avengers. And I, just a quick, quick little rant, to use another podcast term. That's right. I was livid. Have you guys seen it? Or have your kids no. seen it? I haven't no. seen it. Uh, we saw it at the local theater in Bel Air near us, and all the previews were, um, you know, superhero type stuff, Ant Man right. and you know, Batman, Superman, all, all all appropriate stuff for the movie. And then, like the ninth and last preview was for Insidious Three, mm. which wow. is a horror movie. Oh, actually, this is what led to the anxiety it, it, issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, and yeah. Samantha, our oldest daughter, who was probably mortified that she's come up now twice on this podcast. But she was so sweet, Lisa told it, because she sat next to Isaac, and I, I couldn't get to him. I was on the other end with, with Ben, and Sam was just talking to him so sweetly during that preview. Mm. And she was like, Isaac, you know, honey, this is not real. Mm. Don't, in fact, don't even look at this, honey. Don't even look at this. And I, I kind of hoped Isaac didn't notice it, because the preview just, it looked pure demonic. It was right. your, 
you know, evil, hellish creatures coming out from under the bed and all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm, I can't believe it. And I thought and we made it And there sits our eight-year-old. <laughs> yes. And then that night, we knew uh, we couldn't put off the light. And it was good that your instinct was not to be firm because found out he was very afraid. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to be just difficult. He was terrified. Um, so how did I handle that, Matt? Um, Way to go, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> that is parenting at its finest. We look to Greg for parenting advice. Is there a advice. verse about whatever things set your mind? Well, well that, that's what I read. That's after, what we were reading. That, I said, now, granted, it was your daddy who exposed you to pure evil. But now that I see what God's word has. See how I serve my son? It's all about I, redemption. It's all redemption. You know, and it's uh, interesting. I, I, was, I sent that story to Ted Tripp and asked if he wanted me to write the foreword to his next book, and I haven't gotten a response. Yeah. That's not happening. The dad's heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Tracy, what are um, some of those positive things that you've noticed that Matt does well um, with the family? Um, I would say, kind of like Lisa said, Matt's a, a gifted communicator. So I think he enjoys talking to the kids. Definitely um, very animated, does a lot of Michael Jackson dances around the house. <laughs> <laughs> Could we see that now? I wish it was a video cast. <laughs> he's definitely a, a, a mover. So he's always jumping around making silly songs up about them that embarrass them. And there's always like a, a, a Jackson move in there. So he he's he's definitely does the kind of the goofy things that that I'm just not like that. So he kind of has that. And I think the nice thing about being um, a pastor is that in some ways his job does allow him to work at home. So there is a little flexibility at times where he could he could go out and get something for me and or he could, you know, meet the kids at the bus stop. So there's a variety of of ways that he could be helpful that if he was in like a typical, you know, office job, he couldn't just, you know do that so yeah. i love that about his job yeah um so let me ask you this um are there ever um moments where you you just kind of look at your life and you're like man i really wish my husband wasn't a pastor i wish he just had a normal job nine to five goes to the office um and so just go ahead and answer that and maybe explain a little bit yes <laughs> <laughs> there you go could he be a neurosurgeon? And why? <laughs> a neurosurgeon? <laughs> hey, they work a lot of hours. Um, most of the time, no, though. Yeah. I would say, you know, of course, there's times I just wish that, you know, we could just be a regular person. But um, I think the benefits outweigh. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I can I, this is all I've ever known, so I can't even imagine what it would look like if Matt wasn't a pastor. Like, this is just what we've always known. But I do feel um, the the cost at times just on um, family life and the, I don't want to paint a totally ne negative picture, but more just the, the carrying so many things on his mind and on his heart and how that that really takes such a big piece of him that it's hard for him to just unwind, mm -hmm. you know, at home. So... That's the challenging piece. So in that way, it would be great if he could just go to his job and come home and forget about it. But yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. This is all I know. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, this past uh, Sunday was Mother's Day. And um, Greg, you actually did a very nice job um, 
sidestepping, yeah. uh, dodging, dodging first that's Peter right. three <laughs> wives submit. You know, that's a text I was supposed to preach in the <laughs> no, natural right. order so on Mother's Day. Jokes. Yeah. So <laughs> decided so, to uh, preach a message on the glory of motherhood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and we're doing Chicken. submission this Sunday. That's right. Uh, so <laughs> thank you, Nathan. So way that, to dodge that that, that, that <laughs> veiled compliment, which in other words, Craig, you wean it out very effectively. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, in that, you, you did a very good job at just showing um, God's heart for um, motherhood. And, um, Greg, I'm going to give you just a little bit of time here because I want you just to recap the sermon um, for people out there and then um, for Tracy and Matt, too, since they weren't here. Nathan, did um, you just ask Greg to recap the sermon uh, very gonna, briefly? I, very briefly. I'm uh, open as, your Bibles. I'm here as the moderator, Ooh. so I will cut him off. <laughs> and plus, Nathan can take it out in the post, That's too, right. so it's, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, it was a just basically a Mother's Day message uh, from Second uh, Timothy one, where Paul uh, encourages Timothy uh, about the sincere faith that's at work in him. That was first in the grandmother Lois, the mother Eunice, uh, was just the springboard text. And I, my basic premise, and I have to admit, it mainly came from just talking to Lisa, whether she knows it or not, and a lot of couples that I talk to in a counseling setting where I get this feeling that so many Christian moms feel like there's, a, there's an image that you're supposed to uh, meet, fulfill, uh, that, that you should match in your own life. And it really is the super mom thing. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, that because there are moms, and I, I gave some examples, and it seemed to connect from what people said afterwards, that you've got a mom who's just trying to raise her kids, trying to love her husband, trying to point them to Christ, and has a mom that they know very well doing the same thing and also happens to be like organic mom <laughs> and uh, has these passions. And, you know, I said, so, you know, regular mom pulls out the Capri Sun, organic mom like pulls out a cow or something, you know. And, and I think uh, it would be like a juicer, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> juicer. Really I, I don't know why. Just something to me about getting a cow People out don't and, pull out cows. <laughs> yeah. And they don't use rouge. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, as you could tell, I... I really am in touch with, with modern female culture. So I, um, I just talked about that, that motherhood is divinely sufficient, mm-hmm. that God has considered motherhood honorable. And my main goal was to encourage moms, if you are loving your kids, you're there, and you're trying to point them to Christ, just settle in that. Mm-hmm. If there's other things you have an interest in, but if you've got a mom that is – very gifted at you know food management or money management or is blogging and doing these great things that doesn't make motherhood that's you tracy more. that one's for you babe <laughs> yeah <laughs> tracy's a blogging mom i can't live up is, to the tracy standard <laughs> which is is you know it, well yeah we've actually talked about I that know, you're on the list tracy because sometimes lisa looks at tracy and says man I, how do i do could never do what tracy does I don't really do anything. Yeah. I haven't blogged in like I haven't blogged in like years because no one read it. So I was like, eh, I'll just make a, yes. I'll just write this in my journal. But you're very active on social media. Yes, and yeah. you trace. You're going to college, and and you're you're doing an awful lot of things. You're like uh, Sam, our daughter, sees Miss Tracy. She goes, Dad, you see Miss Tracy's in New York. Yeah, she Ms. tells Ms. me Tracy's in Haiti. Miss Tracy's here. She tells me what a loser I am. She's yeah. like, Aww. look at Miss Tracy. Yeah, and she always says. Boy, I think all mom's been for the last month is the Abingdon Target. She does nothing. <laughs> hey, Loser Target, mom. Target is something. It, it is. Yeah, Target, Target is. And then, Greg, did you end the sermon by saying, next week coming attractions, submission? Yes, I did. Because I, I thought I at least have to let the church know uh, I, I made a pastoral decision right. 
with a lot of visiting moms yeah. that aren't going to get any context. They yeah. don't know the history of our church and their right. sort of aggregate of biblical teaching that uh, we're going to cover it this week. So <clears throat> this week's submission. That's right. Um, so kind of with all that in mind, what have um, you ladies done to... I would say actively push against that that stereotype. I mean, it's difficult enough just being a mom in general, but you know, you add pastor's wife on top of that. So, what have you um, intentionally done, or even you know, looking back, it was unintentional, and you just ended up doing it to kind of push against that and be content and be satisfied and just being a wife, being a mom um, in the household. I don't think that I've really conquered that yet. I think that I'm I still struggle with that immensely. I'm prone to. Um, Greg is sending me a note. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, a couple things that I can think of. One, we, we celebrate Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we even recruited Matt and Tracy to join us in that endeavor. Right? Yes. I, you guys do Halloween I like now. I think oh, yeah. I influence yeah, yeah. Matt to participate in I'm Halloween. I'm sorry. They're not paying attention. They left. Matt's dancing <laughs> over in the corner. He's on stage. <laughs> With Chris Tomlin <laughs> and Matt Redman. I'm sorry, Lisa, what was that? <laughs> no, we let our kids, um, we let them trick-or-treat. Mm-hmm. We do Santa Claus. <laughs> I guess these are some of the, they're, they sound really dumb, I know, but that's just, yeah. you know, just kind of in that vein of letting them be kids. and mm-hmm. Not dumb, worldly, there's a difference. <laughs> 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 we try to be as worldly as we can. Yeah, and you would say, Lisa, you said we... We do know those are controversial issues, mm-hmm. and to me, they're they're liberty issues. We right. even have an elf on our shelf. <laughs> Joey, now we make it very clear, Joey is not omniscient, but okay. he does fly back to the North Pole and, and give a report. <laughs> but he is not omniscient. But I, honestly, but do you have a tooth wizard? Yeah. <laughs> no. My kids, there's no fairy. It's the tooth wizard, and my kids are telling their other kids at school, and my youngest, Jada, said, "Daddy." Whatever the kid's name was, they don't believe in a tooth wizard. They've yeah. never heard of it. Yeah. I said, probably not too many people have. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. We tell them that the ghost of Steve Jobs comes and <laughs> leaves iTunes gift cards under their pillow. The, um, That's a good idea. But, but we talked about that a long time. We obviously are at peace with it in our mm-hmm. conscience. I know other Christians aren't fine. So we used to think initially, well, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, do it because if other Christians know it'll affect them and we kind of came with at least to that decision together that no we're fine with it we don't want to rob our kids of something we think is good and fun for childhood we don't judge other families that don't because they have right. their reasons no and, not at all and we totally respect that but I was glad that we made that decision early yeah the other thing um, we do is um, with our teenager if she has too much homework or there's a sporting like we want her to be in youth group but we don't push it any more than any other parent mm-hmm. would. Um, and that's that's all that comes to my mind right now. What about you, Tracy? Yeah, I, I keep forgetting the question. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's more just um, along the lines of, you know, it, it's difficult being um, a mom and, and, you know, raising a family in general, but adding a pastor's wife on top of that. So how do you kind of push against that? You know, people trying to throw you up on this pedestal and, and, you know, say, oh, you need to be this. How do you how do you kind of push against that? Again, whether it's intentionally or maybe it's been unintentionally over the years, you look back on it. And... OK, thank you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I would say in earlier years, I definitely tried to do things a certain way based on like the right Christian books that I read. And mm-hmm. these are the things you should be doing for your kids or the, the um, these should be your views. It was mostly like views on more. I wouldn't call them the majors. I would call them more the minor things mm-hmm. um, in, in more... Um, not so much the principles. What's the other? In practice. Mm-hmm. So I read a lot of books that, that would um, define how pr- certain practices should be. And I tried to do those things, incorporate those things, even though there was always a piece of me that was like, I'm not really, I don't even think this is me. Like, I don't even know if I even buy into this, but I kind of felt like I should. It was the right right thing. And, that could and that's anything. when you put on the denim jumper. That's when I put the <laughs> denim jumper on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like the one she has on now. <laughs> right, right. The denim jumper. I don't know if I ever had a denim. I think I had like a jean mini skirt or something. Really? That's gross. Oh, that is. I had a wardrobe. I had se- I had several denim jumpers. Didn't I, Greg? But you grew up in you a Christian a home. I rocked them. doesn't fit you at all when I, I know. think about it. I rocked them in the early 90s. You did rock them. You but rocked them. Denim <laughs> jumper and a scrunchie. Overalls are back, though. Have you seen, like, regular overalls yeah. are back? They're just really, really short. Right. But do you hang one, like, the strap down? You have to. Yes, clearly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> those are the kind of things I, I try. But those things weren't me. A lot of those practices, and I think I was trying to just um, fit a certain <clears throat> mold of what I thought was probably right. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, over the last couple years, there's almost been an intentional, I'm not doing any of that. Like I'm just avoiding all of that. And I'm just going to watch breaking bad, watch breaking bad, (laughs) (laughs) better call Saul. (laughs) So just, just like coming out, just, just not buying in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll do a new podcast, (laughs) (laughs) That is unfair. (laughs) That was my own husband. Great, Matt. Did you just hear Greg snort? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, let me do one up. Okay, there we go. (laughs) I think it was liberating to be at a place. I I feel like Dave Shaw, I'm going to have to clean up this mess. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody has to. I think I I just came to a place finally that it was like, I'm not going to just do something just for the sake of doing it. I want, I... I, yeah, I guess it was a coming out in the sense of I'm just going to reevaluate everything and and just kind of experience the freedom in that. So, yes, we do Halloween. We do different things that other people probably wouldn't be uh, comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. We, we we don't just do whatever. We try to think through it thoughtfully and sure, sure. sometimes prayerfully. We, we discuss it. Sometimes um, prayerfully. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> prayerfully. We help our kids <laughs> to try to think it through. So they understand different people's thinking on sure. it and why, yeah. so that they can communicate it in a way that's not offensive. But yeah. you know, right? Because we don't do the Santa thing. To be uh, to be yeah. honest, we sure. don't. I don't. There's most people in our we family call do. Satan. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we but we've also explained to our kids. You know, don't. You know, we've explained how other people believe things and don't ruin that for sure. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think they all still not all, the younger ones still believe in Santa, even though we've actually taught the complete opposite. They just <laughs> want to believe. So and we we're like, whatever. Do that because we want the credit for the gifts. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. That's I yeah. you just want the thank yous. Yes. That's, that's my hard earned money buy, <laughs> yeah, that's right. buying that iPod touch. <laughs> Don't give some old man credit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Greg, for the record, kids getting iPod touches don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. Uh, yes, good point. <laughs> okay, good point. Yeah, could you edit that, Nathan? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so right now, I, w- I have two questions that I want to direct specifically to Matt and and Greg and Lisa and Tracy. Feel free to chime in or rebut their comments. Oh, we will. Um, oh, we definitely <laughs> will. We're ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
So the first one is, um, what do you most regret in your attempt at the balancing act? So we listened to what um, Lisa and Tracy had said in terms of um, their their thoughts on it. What do you guys feel um, was your um, greatest weakness in trying to balance um, the ministry and the family? Um, well, I would put it present tense um, because I think that for me this is – I feel like I'm in the in the I won't even say the middle of it. I'd probably maybe more in the beginning of trying to figure out how to do it. Um, and I've been a pastor for a while, so that says something. Um, yeah, I. You know, I read a lot of things. I read a lot of books on leadership, and and you know, look to a lot of um, men who not just are in ministry, but men who who juggle a lot of hats. Maybe are prone to being the quote unquote workaholic. And trying to say, okay, what does that look like? How how do I apply some of these things? Because I think for me, it's too. I like what I do, and it's too easy for me to give a pass for what I do, and assume the next season will be different. And mm-hmm. I've just learned that's just a lie. It, this is this is the life. This right. is the season. It's not going to change. There's always a new initiative. There's always <coughs> problems that come up. And so for me, it's I'm still trying to figure out how to do it uh, yeah. because I, I fail at it pretty frequently uh, I think I have little moments um, and I think sometimes I'll make schedule changes that on paper or on you know iPad look reasonable mm-hmm. and if you were having a men's accountability it would look like oh you're taking it seriously but my heart and my mind are not the same as my calendar mm-hmm. and so it's almost like um, I mean I've described it to to my my fellow pastors as like somebody who like goes into a bathroom to shoot up or something like that it's kind of like i know i know (laughs) that it's like sneaking work it's like i know okay this is day off i promised i wouldn't do anything but let me see if i can just quickly respond because then i won't have to deal with it and then i've justified it because that's going to protect that evening or something so Mm -hmm. it's those it's like and i'm like man how you're sneaking work that's like sick something's wrong with this (laughs) it's like Uh, a woman who sneaks a snickers bar yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, trace that's not always a woman but go on (laughs) (laughs) so so i'm under progress i mean you know under construction with with this so i'll answer that question maybe a year from now and hopefully have a better answer all right greg wow i mean so cliche to say ditto but it is. Uh, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> I'll, I'll say something more, more profound. <laughs> Not having any struggles, I feel at least you would agree. I've always balanced uh, marriage and ministry and family perfectly. Yeah, perfectly. Good. Good. So we're except done. for the story she just told about yeah. Easter. <laughs> yeah, that's Happy Easter. Easter. <laughs> Maybe Easter I didn't do well that first Easter. Um, for me and Matt and I, as similar as you are, probably different temperaments. I always get the impression, Matt, you're better, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Tracy. At um, compartmentalizing I know you're passionate about work and you think about it all the time and that is a hard thing Nathan because we've talked Matt before pastors in one sense you're paid not just for tasks I view it that I'm paid and rightly so to think about the church all the time mm-hmm. that you know we, we've got great people in our church thinking about Christ fellowship all the time we have great elders we have great leaders but there is something about uh, the the pastor, and particularly if you have the role as Matt and I both of lead pastor, I just know I, I have to be thinking about the church, and I, I don't think anybody would have general disagreement with that. But my temperament is such that I have a hard time if I'm frustrated with something going on at church life. My kids know it, mm-hmm. and I, I don't like that. And here I am, Sam, 16. So I've been doing it for 16 years, and I've made little 
progress in it. So I think, you know, I, I hear all the, I go to these conferences and I just hear these pastors say that if, you know, you're dealing with something, make sure you do that by that behind closed doors. And I, I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't tell my kids what's happening, but you would agree. least they know right. the older ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, dad must be stressed about something stressed or something's about going something on at, at church. Mm-hmm. Am I right, Tracy? I think Matt, does he hide that better in front of the kids? Um, That's my sense. I think he hides the details mm-hmm. from the kids, but I think they can still sense something's up. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they might think it has something to do with Matt and I, not the church. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, no, that's say? a good yeah. point. Yeah, I think Stephen, because he's 17 and you know he's pretty active in serving in some some certain ways, and and he 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 helps me in a lot of things. Um, so I have to be careful because he and I will will often see something similar in terms of the way something was published, a graphic or something. And I have to be careful that I, my comments aren't being negative right. in a way that's undermining somebody really having a heart to serve. And maybe they didn't do the best on it. Maybe <coughs> somebody else could have done better. But so those kinds of things, I think I'd be, I could, I could cross a line and I have to be careful. Yeah. Um, probably with Tracy is probably where I often can cross the line in terms of, sharing something that I probably shouldn't share. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably too free hmm. in some ways. I don't know. Especially when I when I hear some of the other guys that I serve with. Who right. Just, I don't know. Yeah, they can compartmentalize it better. Yeah, I would say that. And um, I, I guess the other thing that comes to mind, too, is more recently, and this is something that came out of nowhere, because we're, we're both pretty theologically... Uh, based pastors, you know, I know we care deeply about theology and we're not playing by <laughs> a secret sensitive playbook. You know what you're going to say. Yeah, that I, I talk so freely about stuff. Sam will hear me say, yeah, Kevin DeYoung, I like, I don't like him on this subject. And you guys mm-hmm. know a little bit about that. Um, yeah, yeah, I really like, um, you know, John MacArthur. I, I, I don't like him on this issue. I really like this. I didn't realize Sam recently said, Dad, you don't like anybody. She goes, Dad, wow, are there any Christians? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right, right. And I, and I, but I'm realizing she's not thinking from a theological critique standpoint, and I think I'm communicating to my kids. It's not that I don't like them. Yes. We just disagree a little, yeah. and it's not even a big deal. Right. And so I'm trying to be more careful. Like Sam Daddy went, just doesn't believe in the second great commandment. <laughs> 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 Look, your neighbor, exactly. I, I believe in the first. Don't practice, but not the That's exactly right, though, Matt. I feel that I've communicated because of letting too much of my quote-unquote work spill out that I don't want my kids to be these uh, picky, pharisaical, yeah. mm-hmm. nitpicky That's people good. that if they go – to a youth group, like Sam will come back and she almost feels, if she goes to a visiting youth group, Dad, this was good. I don't think you would have liked this one thing. He said, yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, was we the guy... don't want to cr- grow up critiquing the church. We want to love the church exactly. and celebrate yeah. all that God's doing, but yeah. that can be a hard balance. Exactly. Us. So hopefully with Ella, our six-year-old. We'll get that right. I'll get that right. <laughs> yeah. you know, my older kid's just being counseling for the next 30 years. <laughs> Matt, I'll send him to you. You send yours to me, and uh, we'll make the problem worse. There we go. But yeah. can I ask a question? Yeah. Can I be Nathan for a minute? Don't you find it challenging to like have any... So you come back from work, something's happening, something's happened at the church or something, or maybe... Something's going with Lisa that happened at home or with another woman or whatever. I find it hard to have conversations with Matt without somebody <laughs> always there. There isn't any place where 
some there's always some little person somebody around always yeah. there yes and the teenagers like They're steven listening. every time steven appears out of he's so like quiet i'm like you're such a stalker yeah and it's like he just appears out of nowhere and then when i need Stealthy. him i can't find him i'm like steven steve you know where are you but when it's suddenly like the one moment matt and i have to like have this talk of maybe a serious conversation about something that is happening in the church that is yeah, appropriate to true. discuss sure steven appears i'm like where where did you come from yeah. you're like right. the stalker and so, or there's like a little kid that needs something. Right. And so when do you ever even have time? Because there is appropriate and things to share with your and wife. And it's too hard to wait till the end of the day because Greg falls asleep on the sofa at 9.30. Yeah. <laughs> Matt so. falls asleep with Jada. So yeah, so basically. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Time. That's hard. Yeah, well, That's I'd hard. say we have more recently been a little more direct. Like, remember, uh, we leave. Yeah, we'll tell them. <laughs> sometimes we'll say, guys, there's something very important I need to talk about with mom. They might, the older ones might guess it's the church because yeah, right. 95% yeah. of the time it is. But, yeah, something about the church. And so, uh, we'll just tell them, you know, we it's not something I can wait for. I'm going to have an elders meeting that night. Uh, we're not going to get home till 10 30 or, you know, and right, and you, you know, we're not going to get a chance to talk. So, now if we did that all the time. We don't want the kids to feel that, right. you mm-hmm. know, the, the church takes precedent over them. So there's a balance. I'm sure yeah, we're, we're doing it wrong, but we're trying. We are um, out of time. Um, thank you so much, Lisa and Tracy, for joining us. Um, it, it has been so good, despite what you're <laughs> thinking and feeling. It has been a great time with you all. And we'd love to have you back on for a part two at some point, if you're willing. And Nathan, thank we you. never talked thank about you. submission. We didn't. For which they are immensely thankful. Well, see, I figured I'd wait till after you preached oh, and gotcha. then give them an opportunity to, um, you know, just, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Does that mean I have to listen to Greg's message? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we don't do that. <laughs> we'll give you the cliff notes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, everybody, we just rocked the Casbah. Rocked it. These go to 11.